0: Nadav Purana Midam vidanta murkha vrtti
1: ananda
0: pratibimba bhaga unam but atonatma. Shadhanandama Yopyam.
1: Yadanandama Yopy Yam.
0: Bimbhabuto Yanandah. Bimbabhu
1: do Yana.
0: Atma so sarvadas today. Atma
1: so sarva das today.
0: It is shown in all these verses, how all the koshas, beginning from annamaya right up to anandamaya, they are not ātmā. Then sarveshāṁ ātmātpunirāse Nairatmyam prasadjeda. Someone says, if everything is dismissed or negated as an ātmā, does it mean that there is no ātmā at all, Nairatmyam? He says, no, bim bhūtoy that ānanda which is bimba bhootaha, meaning of the nature of image, bimba bhootaha, which is in a place of image, which gets reflected in the mind when we experience happiness. So what we call anandamaya maya is this conclusion on my part, I am happy. That conclusion happens when there is what we call sukhavritti or a thought of happiness in the mind. The certain disposition of, of the mind which we call happiness when that occurs well i conclude i am happy so that conclusion i am happy becomes the however so certainly that happy person is not atma but that which reflects in this mind which is reflected in the mind that bimba or image is is atma there is ananda surupah and that is reflected in the mind, therefore I feel happy. Why do I feel happy? Because, well, mind cannot be happiness because mind is Jada, inner thing. But what is reflected in the mind is happiness. So what is reflected is Atma. (coughs) And Sarvadasthite hai because he ever is. Even when I think that I am unhappy, in fact, I remain, have ānanda alone. So unhappiness is what we call a distorted reflection because the reflecting medium, namely mind, is distorted. However, what is reflected is ever the same, namely anandaha. Mm-hmm. Is nitya and that is n- that, that one who is nitya is atma. One who is not nitya cannot be atma. And we don't have a drashtanka. So So dhyasita anandaha, atma, bhavita this ānanda should be ātmā, nityatvād, because he is nitya. bhavati, nitya, yatha We know that this body, etc., is not ātmā. Why? Because it is ānitya. Therefore we say, body is ānitya also and ānātmā also. So ānityatvam and ānātmatvam, both of them are in this body, which is Drashtanta. So, Anātmatvam is what we call sadya Anityatvam is what we call uh, Hetu, both of them are there, and therefore we say this body becomes a Vyataregi Dhrishthanda, a opposite or contrary illustration, both are absent, ātmatvam also is not there, and Nityatvam also is not there, but we know this body is Anātma, because we know that whatever is Anitya is Anātma, <coughs> and so, but, that ānanda is not a Litya and therefore he is ātmā. Okay, now a beautiful discussion follows here. Chodayati. Now the Pūra questions. There are Nayaikās and there are Sunyavādins. Different people are there who ask questions. Now based on the conclusion that we have reached, in the eleventh verse this question is asked. <coughs> Nanude hamu pakramya Nidra nandanta vasthushu
1: Nidra
0: nandanta vasthushu Mah bhudat mat mat
1: matma
0: So nanu. Nanu means a question. Deham upakramya. Upakramya means beginning. Beginning from deha, the body. Nidrananda antavastushu. Until the end. So beginning from body and ending into what we call nidrananda. The ananda that is experienced in nidra, which is called anandamaya kosha up to that point mābhūt ātmatvam alright we accept that neither annamaya so all the koshas beginning from annamaya right up to anandamaya from gross body right up to what we call that happiness anātmatvam so mābhūt ātmatvam let them all be anātma let them all be non-self we accept that so that's what Tigakara says annamaya annamayādi ānandamayāntanāṁ koshānaṁ he says, okay. If as you have shown, while talking about the body, which was called Annamaya Kosha, it was said that body is that which has birth and death, and that which is birth and death cannot be Atma, because Atma cannot have birth, Atma cannot have death. Why do you say that? If Atma has birth, then it was not present before the birth. In which case, Presently now, Atma, for what it is, there is no reason for it to be and we would have a problem which is called Akrita-Bhyagama, meaning that I am blended with something which I have not done. And if Atma is death, then what all he has done in this life just has to be destroyed without giving rise to result, which would be Krita with destruction of what is done. And none of them is possible because we don't see this anywhere we find always a continuity of existence, a continuity of the cause and effect, chain, and therefore, atma cannot have birth and death. The body has birth and death, therefore, body is not atma. (coughs) Pranamaya also, well, pranamaya is jada, atma is always chetana, conscious. We know that pranamaya is nothing but this vibe, this outside air, that alone becomes my breath and that alone gets modified into the different kinds of pranas like prana, paana, vyana and we know that the vayu is jada so this prana here in my body also is jada whereas atma must be chetana and therefore this pranamaya also is not atma coming to manomaya we find that manomaya also cannot be atma because bhranta aniyata svabhava all the time changing the mind is never the same you cannot say what the nature of the mind is because Constantly it is changing. Because Kama Adi Vritya, this Kama all these different Vritti's or thoughts are arising in the mind. They are constantly changing. And that which is constantly changing like this cannot be Atma because Atma is Nirvakaraha. <coughs> so Manomaya, mind also cannot be Atma. Manomaya is not Atma. How about Buddhi? That also is not Atma because we find that in deep sleep this Buddhi that's totally merged into its cause namely ignorance again it arises or again it becomes manifest in the waking state so that will be subject to merging and manifesting so the utpatti and nasha. that cannot be atman so buddhi also cannot be atman how about kosha that sukha that happiness that arises that also cannot be atman because kada it is now there and not later Atma Sarvadasthidehe Atma is ever there. So this Anandamaya Kosha being Anitya cannot be Atma whereas Atma is Nitya. <coughs> thus by logic it has been shown and thus it is to show Anatmatvam of the five Kosha is logical. So these nayayikas are happy because they accept what we said Pratyaksha and Anumana. They accept perception and inference as a valid means of knowledge and we are shown by this, this perception and inference that all these five koshas are an he says fine annamaya anandamaya antanam kochanam uktehi hetu vihi but hetu are the reasons given so far atmatvam na ghatate if you say that all the koshas, beginning from annamaya an- an- up to anandamaya is not atma because of the reasons stated by us ma okay we accept it. Let all of these be anātmā. <coughs> but then what else remains? We say that there is no such thing as ātmā. Because we don't experience anything other than this fire. The body is an object of our experience prana also object of experience, mind also object of experience, buddhi also object of experience, happiness also object of experience. If all of these are, are determined to be anatma, then there is nothing else that we experience. What we experience is, I mean, is is within the realm of this five. Our experience does not exceed or does not go beyond these five things. And if you say that whatever we experience is all anatma, then we say that there is no Atma at all because we don't experience anything else. That's what it's Anyasya, Atma, anupalabhyamanatva. This is called Anupalabdhi Pramanam. So that is also one of the means of knowledge that we accept. So Anupalabdhi, pratyaksha the perception so is one, Anumana, inference is another one, Arthabattvi, presumption is third one, Upamana, comparison is the fourth one, Anupalabdhi, abha or absence is fifth one and shabdha sixth one. So, that tale in my, uh, on the floor, there is no pot. So, we know the absence of pot by what we call Anupalabdhi. <coughs> so, also we know the absence of atma by what? Anupalabdhi, because atma is not experienced. You say that whatever is experienced is all an atma. Therefore, Atma, there is no such thing left that is, that is experienced and we say therefore that Atma is not there because if Atma were there we would have experienced it. Since Atma is not experienced and therefore we say that Atma is not there. Anyastu nakasci danubhuvade We do not experience anything above and beyond these five things, five koshas, and therefore where is your Atma? (coughs) Pariharti this question is answered. Well, in fact, this is not a question. It is a pura paksha. So, this niyayikas would say that you say that all of this is an atma, fine. Since atma cannot be experienced, it cannot be inferred also. Therefore, we cannot accept that atma is. So, when do we say that something is? Only when it becomes an object of our experience. We say that the book is. When do we say that? When? book, I become aware of the object called book. I say that horns on my head are not. Why? Because I never I am never aware of the horns on my head. So it is customary that we accept as existent that which can become an object of our experience and that is non-existent which cannot become the object of our experience. Atma never seems to become the object of our experience and therefore we say that It is not there. Pariharati ji, this view that Atma is not, is being refuted in verse 12. (laughs) (laughs) Badham nidrada yasarve. Badham
1: nidrada yasarve.
0: Anubhu yantena chetaraha. Bādham, quite right, as we
1: might
0: say, no? When somebody says, that's right, what you say is right. But it's not totally right. So what you say is right, but you don't say everything, or you don't see everything. <coughs> The first line says, Vadham. It's fine. Nidra deha sarve anubhuyante nacha itaraha. What do you say that? Nidra deha. All of these such as nidra. Nidra means deep sleep. By deep sleep is meant anandaha or anandamaya kosha. Hai. That all the koshas beginning from anandamaya, anubhuyante, all of them are anubhuyante experienced meaning. All of them become the object of our experience. They can be objectified. Nacha itaraha anumbhuyante. And that none other than this five can be experienced. This is what you say. Badham. We accept that. (coughs)
1: That's
0: what Tigakara says. Atra nidra sabdena nidranando lakshade. In this verse 12, we have nidra dayha. Nidra adayha. What is nidra? By the word nidra, nidra It is not the deep sleep really, but ananda or the happiness that is experienced in deep sleep, which is called anandamaya kosha. Hai. So that is what is lakshade, by lakshanavrutti. So although the word used is nidra, vachyarsa is sleep, lakshyarsa is something related to sleep, namely ananda experienced in sleep. nidra deha upalabhyante that all beginning from this uh, happiness right up to the body all of them are upalabhyante all of them are experienced meaning all of them are objectified become the object of experience Anya na and none other than this is experienced so these five are experienced and there is no one other than them who is experienced this is what you said badham badham means tatsatyam that is right so this is not the total acceptance of his position this is called ardhangi Karaha. we accept his position partially you know so we accept part of what he says that beginning from anandamaya right up to anandamaya is not experienced tat satyam badham that is fine <coughs> all right that fellow feels that these fellows are, are accepting my position so he asks, if you say that what are experienced are only five then how do you accept Atma who is other than five? If Atma cannot be experienced he cannot be inferred he cannot be proven then how do we accept that there is Atma? We can accept that there is body because we experience it. We accept that there is prana because we experience it. We accept that there is mind, because we experience it. We accept there is buddhi, because we experience it. We accept there is happiness or ananda, because we experience it. All right, and you don't experience anything other than this five, then how do you accept that there is an entity called Atman? Kasam tarhi tad Atmana angikaraha How do you Vedantins then angikaraha accept Atma, who is different from these five? Please tell us. What proof do you have? What pramanam do you have? According to them, the only pramanam is anumanam, inference. An inference has its basis on perception. Now, Atma cannot be perceived because Atma cannot become the object of perception of organs of perception. Nor can Atma be inferred because there is no linga. There is nothing associated with the Atma. Atma is neither a cause of something that it can be inferred from effect, nor Atma is effect that it can be inferred from cause, nor Atma is a part that it can be, infer- you know, whole that can be inferred from the part, part and whole, cause and effect. No such relationship is there with Atma and therefore Atma, the self, cannot become the object of inference also. That's the reason why we can never prove there is God. He can't be inferred. Then nothing becomes a proof. Because the world is, therefore God is, you can't say that. Because world is not necessarily proof of God or Atma. If world is invariably connected, say Hetu must be unfailingly connected with sadhya. Hetu is a cause. Like the smoke is unfailingly connected to fire. Then alone you can say that fire is because there is smoke. Thus you can infer the presence f- of fire from smoke which becomes hetu because it is unfailingly connected to fire. Is there something that is unfailingly connected to atma? Can you say that even the world is unfailingly connected to atma? No. Because even, even when the world is not, atma is. And therefore, you, can, you cannot say that even when the fire is not, smoke is. Cannot be. But the atma is even when the world is not. Therefore, there is no unfailing connection that anything has with Atma. Therefore, Atma cannot be inferred from any evidence. We don't have evidence for Atma. Atma cannot be perceived, nor can Atma be inferred from whatever we perceive. <coughs> Therefore, Atma you hai. how do you then accept the Atma who is other than this five itiyahar Second line says, Tathāp anubhuyante yena tam ko nivāret. All Tathapi Ete anubhuyante yena. Even then, all right, we accept that ātmā is not something that is experienced, but these five which are experienced, are experienced on account of what? What makes it possible for you to be aware of these five koshas? Tam ko nivāret. Who can dismiss that? Who can dismiss that? Because of whom all these experiences take place? (coughs) That is the answer here. (coughs) Anyasya anupalabhimanatvevi yad balat etesham andamayadinam upalabhimanatabhavati saha anubhavaha kathamna anghi kriyate ityasaha. Anyasya anupalabhimanatvevi it is true that Atma who is different from these five koshas is not upalabhimanha meaning not perceived or not experienced as such. By experience we mean something that can be objectified, understand. By the word experience here we mean upalabdhi means perception. It is true that Atma who is other than these five cannot be perceived. Tathabi even then. yad balat means on the strength of whom anandamaya that on account of whom or that on strength of whom these anandamaya etc. are being perceived saha anubhavah that Anubhava, that atma who is of the nature of anubhava yeah, that's an interesting word anubhava means not experience anubhava means both knowledge or awareness so that ātmā or knowledge or awareness because of which all experiences take place how can you disregard him? Katam na angi how can you not accept him? Like light for example, you know you say that I don't perceive light already right, you may not perceive light alright but that because of which the perception of the objects takes place well you cannot deny that you could not perceive your eyes also you say that I don't accept eyes because I don't perceive it. But that on account which you perceive, that cannot be negated. So that perception takes place. That must be something that eliminates these objects. And that cannot be neglect- neglected, negated. That has to be accepted. <coughs> so anubhava is a word. Anubhava means bodha. Bodha means knowledge, awareness. Sometimes it's called bodha, jnanam Atma, anubhava all of these words are used, meaning the same thing. And so Atma is of the nature of Anubhava. meaning of the nature of knowledge or of the nature of awareness, that has to be accepted. Because are you not aware of the body? Yes, I am. How did you become aware of the body? How do you become aware of the, Only when the body is illumined for you. How does body become the object of your awareness? Only when awareness is. And unless awareness illumines the body, we cannot become aware of the body. We cannot become aware of prana. We cannot become aware of mind. We cannot become aware of anything unless there is something because of which this we become aware. And that awareness has to be accepted. <coughs> and that is Atman. He is not yet satisfied. Says, Nanu, ukte bhihanya atma edi vidyate, tarhupalab bhiheta. See this nayaikas accept atma as something that can be perceived. They accept this, this different dravyas, nine dravya, nine substances. The five elements are the five substances. Then desha, kala means time and space. Manaha the mind and Atma the self. These are according to them nine dravyas, nine substances. Now they say that the mind cannot be perceived. They say that the mind is atomic in nature. There are different notions about what is the dimension of the mind. The Nayaika says that the mind is atomic in size and therefore you can never perceive that. However, the mind, the presence of the mind is inferred, as we saw in the first chapter. That perception takes place, and we know that for perception to take place, merely organs of perception are not sufficient. Very often our ears are there, the sound is there, and still we don't hear. That shows that over and above the ears, some factor is needed, and that is the mind. If the mind is elsewhere, then in spite of the sense of organ of perception being there, the perception does not take place. And that is how they infer the presence of mind. <coughs> but how about Atma? According to them, Atma can be perceived by the mind. Atma is, according to them, possessed of the, chara- the characteristic of Icha, Dvesha, Sukham, Dukham. All of these are supposed to be dharma of Atma. And so Icha, Dvesha, Sukham, Dukham, all of these become the object of your knowledge. And therefore, atma, according to them, can be known. Therefore, he can't accept this. Nanu, ukte vyha anyha atma yade vidyate. If, according to you, atma is different from this five kosha vidyate and atma is, tarhi upalabhyada, then it should be known. It should be perceived or it should be experienced. Natu upalabhyade, however, you also accept that atma is not perceived. Ātaha nasti. Therefore we say that Ātma is not. Had Ātma been there, Ātma should have been experienced. Since Ātma is not experienced, therefore it is not there. Whatever is there has to be experienced. Otherwise, it cannot be said to be there. How can you establish the presence of something unless it becomes an object of your experience? Therefore he says, we cannot accept Ātma. If you say that Ātma is not experienced, well, we cannot say that atma is. Even you cannot say that. Meaning a Vedantin also cannot say that. If atma is never an object of experience, you can never establish its existence. There was an interesting discussion in Mandukya Upanishad also. While discussing the Turiya, Nandaf prajnam, Nabahish no there Shankaracharya gives an intro- a long introduction to this mantra. And at one point in time he said, this Turiya that we are talking about, is he fourth, totally distinct from the three? The three that are experienced are waking, dream and deep sleep. And Turiya is the fourth one. Is he someone who is totally distinct from this three? If that Turiya or the Atma is someone distinct from this, then you can never establish that it is. Because if he has never come into your experience, then how do you even know that Atma is? nor would there be any desire to know it also because jignas or desire to know arises only when something has been experienced. For example, you hear Swami talking about the happiness, the height. Once you reach the height, you cannot settle for the less, for less. Meaning that when you experience something, like happiness that you experience in a moment or happiness that you experience in deep sleep, that experiential, that experience of Atma is there. In deep sleep and in moment of have. That's the reason why we find ourselves seeking that experience again and again. Sankaracharya also says, if Atma was never known in waking, dream or deep sleep, then we would never have desire to even know it because you will desire to know something when you have some kind of knowledge about it. If you heard that there is a place called Timbuktu, then you want to know what is this, where is this Timbuktu. Never heard of it? then a desire to know it or go there will never occur. And if turiya were just force entity, which has no relation with the three, then we would never have known it, and then we would never have even anxiety, desire to know it. But turiya is not force. He is in through this three. And therefore, even when we experience the three, the turiya also is simultaneously being experienced. It may not be experienced as such, as an object of perception by the organs of perception or it may not be experienced as a an object of the mind but it is experienced nevertheless had it not been experienced well they would not have been desired to know it also and so this is the point here that, that we also accept that atma is experienced but not the way you say experience is according to you experience would mean that which involves a duality between experiencer and experienced. So that kind of an experience we do not accept with a reference to Atma. By experience we mean that knowledge, then we accept that. But by experience if we mean a duality between experienced and experienced, well that we do not accept. So to reveal that peculiar nature of the knowledge of Atma, these arguments are. The reason why this discussion is, is to reveal, the peculiar nature of knowledge of Atma or peculiar nature of Atma himself. And that is why this question, the problems are there. Because you say that Atma is there, then automatically you think is like ghata Pata or some object like that. And so whatever criterion applies for establishment of the presence of Ghatta and Pata, you think would also apply to the establishment of presence of Atma. But that is not so. <coughs> Even then, the presence of Atma is established. And that is being brought up in the verse 13 there. <coughs> Swayame vanu bhutitvat
1: Swayame vanu bhutitvat
0: Vidyate nanu bhavyata
1: Vidyate nanu bhavyata
0: Nyatra jnana antara bhavata Agnayonatva Sataya Svayameva Anubhuti Twat Atma is Anubhuti Twat Svayam Being himself of the nature of Anubhuti May himself be of the nature of knowledge or Jnanam na Anubhavyata Anubhaveda means the ability of being experienced. Meaning, becoming an object of experience. Navidya Since Atma himself, is the nature of knowledge, therefore he cannot become the object of knowledge. Atma, like light, being itself the nature of light, cannot be objected by another light, cannot be illumined by another light. So, so Atma, being of the nature of knowledge, cannot become the object of knowledge of something else. And therefore, Anubhaveta Navidyate Jnatru Jnanantra Abhavat Agnyaya. How come Atma is Agnyaya? How come Atma is unknown? In the conventional sense. In the conventional sense, like we know a ghata, in that manner Atma cannot be known. Why? Jnatru Jnanantra Abhavat. Because there is no Jnata other than Atma. There is no Jnanam other than Atma. Like ghata becomes an object of knowledge because there is a jñāṭhā or a knower other than ghata, and there is jñāṭhā or a knowledge other than ghata. So, see there is always a triputi of jnata, jñayam and jnanam. The knower, the known and the knowledge. Now what we call known or jñayam is one and gnanam is different from that, jñāṭhā also is different from that. So ghata is called gnyayam, an object of knowledge. The gnyata, the knower is different from ghata as well as knowledge which illumines ghata also is different from ghata. So a thing can become gnyaya, it can become an object of knowledge or it can become anubhavya here. Anubhavya means anubhava vishayaha. A thing can become an object of anubhava or perception or knowledge only when, experience only when the knower and the knowledge are different from that. So, knower, knowledge and known. This is triputi. So, these three factors always play the role in every form of knowledge. If there was a jñāta knower other than atma and there was a knowledge other than atma, then atma also could have been known like a part. Why is the part known? Because knower of the part is different from part. The knowledge that illumines a part also is different from part. These two conditions are required for an object like part to become the object of experience. However, these conditions are not satisfied in case of Atma. There is no knower other than Atma and there is no knowledge other than Atma and therefore Atma cannot become what we call known or gnaya. <coughs> therefore Atma is agnaya. The reason why ātmā is a gneha meaning not an object of knowledge is because there is no knower of the knowledge other than that not because ātmā is non-existent not because ātmā is non-existent that it is not known but then it just is not competent to be known so two things are not known one is visham meaning the horn on the hair, of the hair they also cannot be known or a Vandhya putra cannot be known. Why? Because such an entity is not there. So that which we call tucham or non-existent also cannot be known and at- atma also cannot be known. They say whatever cannot be known is non-existent. We say no, because it's not that atma is non-existent and therefore it is not known. But atma doesn't have the kind of qualification in order to become the object of knowledge. And therefore it is not known. So this unknowability of Atma has created a lot of confusion for people. And all the Shunyavadins etc. A lot of confusion exists. And that confusion is being cleared up here. <coughs> Says the Tikakara Karan in verse 13. anandamaya maya dinam saakshinah anuha vrupatva deva anuha vyatvam nastiti. Ānanda maya dinam is atma sakshi or witness witness of whom anandamaya dinam of the koshas beginning from anandamaya right up to anandamaya of all these koshas atma is sakshi sakshi of this sakshi the witness anubhavu this witness himself is of the nature of anubhava or bodha or knowledge or awareness and therefore anubhavvyatvam nastiti and therefore atma the sakshi himself cannot be objectified because he is only of, he is himself of the nature of knowledge and that's the reason why Atma cannot become the object of knowledge Nanu Anubhavetvam Kotonasyadityashankya <coughs> hai Alright, if you say that Atma is Anubhavrupa meaning Atma is of the nature of knowledge well what does it mean? Why should it mean that he cannot be known? Suppose Atma is of the nature of knowledge, why should it mean that he cannot become the object of knowledge? He says, Jnatriti. Jnatru Antara Bhavad. Jnata cha jnanam cha jnatru jnane. Jnata and jnanam, both becomes jnatru jnane. Anye jnatru jnane, jnatru jnanantare. Other Gnatar jñānam. Jñātur means knower, jñānam means knowledge. So other knower and other knowledge. Tayohu abhāvah. There is no knower other than ātmā and there is no knowledge other than Atman. So there is an absence of a knower and knowledge other than ātmā. Tasmat ajñaya hai jñāta nabhavati objectify There is no knower other than ātma who can objectify ātma because ātma is the knower Wherever knower is wherever witness is well that is ātma and therefore witness cannot be objectified by anybody else <coughs> and that's the reason why ātma is not the object of knowledge Okay, so question is raised there Jñātru abhāvaad Eva, sattva, the question is is Atma not known because there is an absence of no or other than Atma because Atma is not there at all is Atma not known because Atma is non-existent or is Atma not known because there is no no than Atma this question he says matra, nigamane karanam. all right what is the of the cause for the ascertainment of one of the two alternatives? This nigamanam means pakshaika sadhika yuktihi. You have to provide a yukti or a reason which will establish one of these two positions. Two positions are, is Atma unknown because there is no no other than Atma? Or is Atma unknown because Atma is non-existent? Please tell us. What is the reason for establishing any one of these positions? So we say that Natu asataya. The point is Natu asataya. It's not that Atma is non-existent And therefore it is not known But Atma There is no knower other than Atma And therefore Atma is not known <coughs> Nidrananda Adi Sakshitvena Asatvasya Pura Meva Nirakrutattva Adi Bhavah Says footnote number one Where the Tippani quotes a verse from upanishad uh, Trishudhāmasu yadbhogyam Bhokta bhogasya yadbhavet Tebhyo vilakshanas sākshi Chinmatroham sadāshyavaityādi Sruti prasiddhās sākshi tena Trishudhāmasu yadbhogyam Trishudhāmasu In all these three dhāma In all these three fields of experience Meaning In all the three states of Awareness Waking dream and deep sleep in all these three states yet bhogyam whatever there is that can become the object of experience in waking dream and deep sleep or bhokta the experiencer bhogascha the very experience in all the three states waking dream and deep sleep we have an experiencer we have an experience and we have objects of experience in the waking state it is very clear that i am the bhokta the world becomes bhogyam and the, I mean, you know, the transaction between the two is bhoga or experience. In the dream also we have a similar experience I am Bhogta. the dream objects are bhogya, and the dream experience is bhoga. In the deep sleep also even though it is not clear but we know it after we wake up I slept happily that memory itself shows that in deep sleep also there was an experience of happiness that means there was an experiencer of happiness there was happiness which was experienced and therefore there was experience of happiness and thus this Bhokta Bhoga and Bhogyam this triputi is there in all the three states behave <coughs> Vilakshanah one who is distinct from all this one who is distinct from the Bhokta Bhoga and Bhogyam the experiencer the experience and the experiencing one who is different from all the three Vilakshana Sakshi who is the witness of the three? Interestingly, that I am enjoying, even that is known, you know. Even the enjoyer also is is illumined by awareness. The act of enjoyment also is illumined. The object of enjoyment is also illumined. The object of enjoyment also is illumined. The act of enjoyment also is illumined. And the enjoyer also is illumined. Who, who illumines them all? Tebbiha Vilakshana Sakshi. Sakshi is the witness. Who is Virakshana? Distinct from all the three. Chinmatroham. Who is that? I am that. Chinmatraha. Of the nature of awareness. Sadashivaha. Who is Sadashivaha? Ever auspicious. Shivaha means also Ananda Swarupaha. Who is ever of the nature of Ananda? Who is of the nature of awareness? That Sakshi I am. Who is distinct from this Triputi of Bhokta, Bhoga and Bhogya? Obtaining in you know, all the three states <coughs> And it's sakshi He ever a sakshi The interesting thing is The witness is ever a witness Can never become the object of witnessing And what is witnessed Is ever witnessed It can never become witness Drashta is ever drashta And drushya is ever drushyam Drushyam can never become drashta And drushya can never become drushya So sakshi, atma, can never become Drushya, and therefore he cannot be experienced. So atma cannot be experienced, not because he is not there, but because he cannot be experienced, he cannot become the object of experience. He is not competent to become object of experience. And when we understand this properly, a lot of frustration we can avoid. Because in every time we meditate, there is always some kind of an effort to experience atma. Some kind of an effort to know Atma, experience Atma, see him, feel him, something is always there. That is our natural habit, habit, samskara. That only when I experience something, some sensation, something I expect in meditation, then I would think that I have known Atma. But that is what is always frustrating. Because you try to feel something and experience something. Something that can never become the object of feeling, nor can it become the object of experience nor can you see him therefore all efforts to see also have to cease that's only the time when atma is there in its true glory so that there is a sakshya of the witness who is avabhasaka who illumines all the experiences which are called the five koshas and therefore, the non-existence of Atma has already been refuted in the earlier verse. And now, we are also showing how Atma cannot become Anubhavya, meaning the object of Anubhavya, because there is no Anubhavita, there is no Jnata, there is no knower, other than Atma, who can know the Atma. Atmanah, Atmanaha, Anubhavvyatvabhava, Drishtantamaha. Very interesting illustration is given. Anubhav Rupasya Atmanaha Atmaho is of the nature of Anubhava meaning knowledge Anubhav Vyattva How Atmaho is of the nature of In the verse 14 Interesting illustration Madhurya Desvabhavanam anyatra svagunarpinaam svasmim stadarpanaapekshaa none cha astya anya, anya darpakam atmabodha explains it differently another illustration is given in a, in a text called atmabodha svabodhe nanya bodhecha Bodh rupa tayatmanaha na deepasya yatha swatma prakashane. Says na deepasya anna Like a lamp doesn't have an expectation or requirement of another lamp to illumine that. A lamp does not require another lamp to illumine. Why? Because swatma prakashane. For illumination, a lamp does not require another lamp to illumine because it is of the nature of illumination. Lamp who is of the nature of illumination does not require another lamp to illuminate. And so-so, Atma who is of the nature of illumination, of the nature of bodha, of the nature of knowledge, doesn't have need for any other illuminator. Svabodhe nanyabodheccha In knowledge of Svah Atma, Atma we do not require any other awareness. Atma himself is of the nature of awareness and we do not require another awareness or we do not require a mind or any other instrument in order to reveal this ātma Bodharupate atma because ātma himself is bo of the nature of knowledge. And just as a lamb doesn't require another lamb to illuminate so also ātma being self-effulgent does not require another anybody else or any other one to illuminate that. Here this teacher gives another interesting illustration. Madhurya Those padarthas are the things, objects Which by nature are madhura, etc. Like sweet Sweet, sour, whatever So by nature Anyatra svagunarpinam Those which impart their own guna to others Like sugar for example imparts its quality of sweetness to milk when you mix it So milk is not sweet by nature and sugar is sweet by nature. So when you add sugar into milk and stir it, then sugar imparts its sweetness to milk. So sugar is called Swagunarpinam. swagunarpi meaning it, in, in, it imparts its guna or the sweetness to something else like milk. Swasmin, stadarpana pekshan, nah, No. On the other hand, swasmin with itself tadarpana pekshan, nah, No. No no means no. That sugar itself does not require something else to make it sweet. Nachasti Anyadarp Anyat And then there is nothing other than sweet which can make it sweet. <coughs> Just read the tika. Adi Shabdena Amladayo Gruhyandhe. What is Adi? Madhuriya. So Adi Madhuriya means sweetness, etc. Amladeya Again there is another adi. Amla means sour. Adi there also means what? Panjanta. Whatever different tastes are there. So those madhuriyadaya, swabhavaha, sahajaha, dharma visheshaha, yeshante, madhuriyadi, swabhavaha, gudadaya. Guda means jaggery. People don't even know here what jaggery is. Let's say brown sugar, you know. So molasses, which is sweet by nature. So jaggery which is sweet by nature. Madhuryad is So those who are sweet by nature. So sahajah dharma visheshah. Jaggery is sweet not because of something. Or sugar is sweet not because of a reason. It is sweet because it is sweet. Because it is sugar. Why is honey sweet? Because it is sweet. You can't say why. So there cannot be a question, why, when it comes to the nature of a thing? Why is honey sweet? It is sweet. So, this is called swabhava. Swabhava is that, which sahaja, janmana that which is born along with it, meaning, it is something inherent or natural to it. Sahajaha dharma Visheshaha these attributes which are natural, madhurya this swabhava guradeh, tesham, anyatra, स्वसंश्रष्टपदार्थेषु चणकारिशु स्वगुणार्पिणां स्वगुणान् माधुर्य आदिं अर्पयन्ति येदि स्वगुणार्पिणः स्वस्मिन् स्वस्वरूपे गुणादि लक्षणे तदर्पण अपेक्षा तेषां माधुर्य आदिनां संपादने अपेक्षा आकांक्षा माधुर्य केनचित संपादनये इति Alright, this gura this jaggery, or let's say honey. Now, when honey comes in contact with something else, swasam padartheshu, some other substance, Chanaka Chanaka chana kā, means chana, meaning chickpea, you know. So, it's very, in India they do eat this, this chickpeas and jaggery. So that becomes a morning breakfast actually for many people. And that's very healthy also, a lot of protein and and energy and calories, everything is there. So they eat chickpeas and jaggery mix, that becomes a breakfast, nice. So when children want something sweet, then people always invent some methods of giving you something sweet. And so every meal you want something sweet, all right. So different methods, sometimes roti chapati is there, make some pieces of that, add some ghee and jaggery and do that, all right. Then you have laddu there, you know, something or if nothing is there, rice is there add some ghee, some sugar the another sweet dish, you know, like this so also you have this chickpeas and that, add some jaggery, mix them up and you have a nice sweet dish so chana so just as chickpeas etc this jaggery when it is mixed with chickpeas then swaguna pinam svagunan madhurya arpayanti well, if it is uh, bitter gourd juice, it will be just the opposite, you know. And if it is uh, sugar, it is, or honey is of this type. There goes swagunarpinam, swagunarpin. Swagunarpin means one who imparts its own guna or characteristic to another one. Swagunan madhurya dinan arpayanti di swagunar swagunarpinahan. Arpayanti, those things who impart their own qualities or, or attributes to others, like jaggery or like honey which imparts its sweetness to a substance other than itself which comes in contact with itself. Like they add jaggery, I mean honey into tea for example, you know. So tea becomes sweet. So therefore honey is called swagunarpi which imparts its sweetness to something like tea which comes in contact with it. However honey itself does not require something else to impart sweetness to it. Because it is already sweet by nature. So this swasmin, tad apeksha, no. Nasty. Swasmin means swasvarupe, gudadilakshane, tad arpana apeksha. As far as jaggery or honey is concerned, and as far as the sweetness is concerned, it does not require anything else to make it sweet. Tesham madhurya dinam arpane, arpane means sampadane, apeksha, akangshha. This honey never has this question, how should I become sweet? This chickpeas can have this question, how can I become sweet? You know, it can have a question. But can there be such a question in honey? Hey, how to become sweet? No. Just as like this question with reference to honey has no place, it, it does not occur. It occurs in case of chickpeas, but not in case of honey. sampadaniyam By what means or by what effort should I become sweet? In the evam rupa akanksha no, no means such as this akanksha this expectation or this requirement is not there in case of substances like honey. All right. Suppose honey desired to become sweet. Suppose honey did not know that it was sweet. Let us say. Honey did not know that it was sweet by nature. And it was seeking to be sweet. That can happen. Ignorance can ha- make it happen. That poor honey has never, t- doesn't know that it is sweet. And it is seeking to be sweet. Now where will it go? Kinnachasti <laughs> anyad arpakam. Kinch anyad arpakam nasti. Gudadiyanam madhuryadipradam vashtvantram nasti ityartha there is nothing other than honey, meaning there is no substance which can make it sweet. So because honey and such substances alone possess sweetness, there are no substances other than them around anyway to make them sweet. So even if honey had an expectation or a desire to become sweet, there is nothing which can make it sweet because sweetness is its own nature, there is nothing other than that which is sweet. And therefore, number one, the question itself cannot arise, as to how to become sweet and in case such a question arose there is nothing which can make it sweet because itself is sweet there is nothing other than that which will be sweet other thing will have different kind of a taste Although people do experience sweetness more than sugar as jini was telling you know swamiji is uh, indian sweets are sweeter than sugar you know that's interesting so they they feel that these sweets are very sweet so the reason why they are able to make the sweets sweeter than sugar is because of ghee, she tells me, you no? I think because they add that ghee, therefore the sweets become sweeter than sugar. It cannot, nothing can really, because ghee doesn't have any sweetness and we do not know of any kind of a chemical reaction which can enhance the sweetness of sugar. And so there is pakam nasti. There is nothing other than sugar which can make it sweet. Meaning, Sweetness, we are talking about sweetness as nature. So sweetness as nature has to exist by itself. There is nothing else that can impart sweetness to it. And so fire is hot. Well, if fire did not know that it was hot, there cannot be question for fire, why is it hot? When it's hot. Suppose fire did not know, and was seeking to be hot, then where will it go? There is none other than fire which is hot anyway. And therefore, Nothing can make fire hard. Number one, there is no question as to how to become hard in case of fire, and if such a question is there, there is nothing other than fire which can make it hard. And this is the illustration of what we call swabhava. As far as swabhava is concerned, natural attribute is concerned, it is there without any reason, and then there is nothing other than that which can impart the nature. Nothing other than me can impart nature to me. I I am what I am by myself. And so fire is hot because of itself. Sugar is sweet because of itself. And so there is no reason why it is sweet. Nor there is something else which can make it sweet. (coughs) This is called drishtanta. And the darshtanta is given in verse 15. So drishtantam phalitam Then phalitam means this what is the... What is the conclusion that is being said here? What is the result of the discussion in the, uh, the verses until now? <clears throat> <sharpakantra rahitye ische> <ims> Bodhatma tunahiyate Bodhatma
1: tunahiyate
0: Arpakaantra rahityephi Asthyesham tatsvahavata Like jaggery, etc., like honey, etc., which are sweet by nature Arpakaantra rahityephi Even though there is none arpaka, meaning there is nothing which can impart sweetness to it there is no substance other than these sweet substances which can impart sweetness to them. Even then, those things are sweet. The idea is that even though there is nothing which can make honey sweet, still honey is sweet. That shows that honey does not require, and honey is not dependent upon anything else to make itself sweet or honey doesn't have requirement of anything other than itself to be sweet. So, in, in, even though there is nothing else which can make this honey sweet, still honey is sweet. Tatha, bhavyatvam, botha And similarly also, atma, does none, atma is the nature of both or knowledge. And therefore, why is atma of the nature of knowledge? Well it is. And there is nothing else which is of the nature of knowledge which can make atma the object of knowledge. And so, mābhūtta sa anubhāvyatvam Even though anubhāvyatvam means the knowability is not there in ātmā, bodha ātmā Even then, that ātmā is the nature of knowledge, na hiyate. That is in no way affected. So, even though ātmā doesn't have knowability, because there is nothing other than ātmā which can illumine ātmā, or there is nothing other than ātmā which can know ātmā, and therefore ātmā doesn't have knowability. Even then, the Atma is of the nature of knowledge. That fact cannot be denied. <coughs> Just as honey is nature, I mean, is sweet by nature, and even though there is nothing other than honey which can impart sweetness to honey, and still honey is sweet, so in order to be sweet, honey doesn't require anything other than itself, and so also Atma to be there doesn't require anything else to impart its existence or important awareness to Atma. <coughs> this is madhuryādi samarpaka vastvantar abhāvevi eshaṁ gudādi nāṁ Not yeshaṁ but eshaṁ it should be because eshaṁ is from the verse. Harpakaantar rahitya bhi asti eshaṁ tat madhuryādi samarpaka vastvantar abhāvevi अनुभव even in absence of something that, is, that can impart sweetness, etcetera, to honey, etc. even then how jaggery, how honey, etc., they do possess the nature of being sweet even though there is nothing other than them that can impart sweetness to them meaning that they do not require anything else to impart sweetness to them because sweetness is their own nature they abide in the nature of sweetness evam ātmano anuha ma also therefore similarly also ātmano anuha May atma, have, may atma not have what we call knowability Anubhava Vishayatvam Even though Atma cannot become the object of experience Anubhava Rupatatu Bhavateva Even then Atma remains the nature of Anubhava meaning Knowledge or awareness So just as a lamp doesn't require another lamp to illumine So-so Atma does not require another awareness to illumine Atma shines by itself. is Atma is Swam He is self-evilgent. And being self-evilgent doesn't require anything else to illumine. No, there is a need for anything else to illumine. In fact, every attempt to illumine Atma, to make Atma an object of my experience itself is a frustrating thing, itself a denial of the Atma. The very attempt on my part to try to visualize Atma or try to feel Atma itself becomes a denial of Atma. Because it cannot be visualized, it cannot be felt, there can be sense cannot be sensation about Atma. And, the, and Atma need not be felt also because it is there which is it is self-shining or self-effulgent. <coughs> so this discussion reveals the nature of Atma to be self-effulgent. Even though it is not an object of experience in the conventional sense, but still it is there because it is self-effulgent. Just as a lamp is not illumined by another object of light, another source of light, still lamp is because it is self-effulgent, and so is Atma. Om Puranamidam Puranam purasya Purnamadaya puranam eva va om shanti 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 shankaram Shankaracharyam keshavam vararayanam sutra bhashya krutau vande bhagavanta punah ishvaro gurur Murtibheda Vibhaginaya Vyoma Vajvyakta Dehaya Dakshinamurtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Sri Gurudhyo Namaha Hari Om